Welcome to the Final Draft Great Conversations podcast. Today's Great Conversation is a special bonus episode on Australia's literary culture. I am Andrew Popel, and every week I broadcast Final Draft from the studios of 2SER in Sydney. 2SER broadcasts from the lands of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. I'm recording on the lands of the Darug and the Gundungurra people, and I want to acknowledge the traditional owners, pay my respects to their ongoing connection to their lands. Now, the Final Draft Great Conversations podcast, it's all about books, writing, and literary culture, and that is what today's bonus episode is all about. Every year, 2SER runs a radiothon. It's an opportunity for people to become subscribers to support what 2SER does in the local community. And this year, to celebrate 2SER's 40th anniversary... We created a Listening Post magazine, looking at our history, but also where the station and where Sydney is at at the moment. I've contributed an essay to that, exploring literary culture, what's happening in Australia now, where we're at, maybe where we need to be going. So today on the show, I'm sharing that article, that essay with you on Australia's literary culture. If you want to help others discover that culture, if you want to help others discover the show, why not share it round? Uh, we're on all the socials. You can recommend the podcast. You can give us a rating. You can chuck it up on your socials. I would love if you could help me share this literary culture with so many people. It is strong and it is getting stronger. But for now, join me as we discover a little bit of Australia's literary culture. No matter where you found yourself this tumultuous year, I'd be willing to bet that storytelling has played a big part in your life. Whether you're chilling in front of a TV, buried between the covers of a book, listening to a song, or trying to piece together the fragments of tattered plans, our ability as humans to tell stories keeps us going through every day. We see it when we look back and try to overlay history on our present moment. Can the Spanish flu of 1918 help us understand what's happening with COVID? Does 2000 help us understand the current presidential farce in America? And are the leaders attempting to guide us through this more like dictators or stalwart heroes defying all odds? Has this year, with its setbacks and winding turns of fortune, felt like an odyssey? Well, that's a story too. But there's a limit to how far and how often we can look back on familiar narratives. We need new stories and fresh voices to guide us forward. We need to hear not just from people who look like us, people who say things familiar and comforting. We need to hear from people who challenge us and are kind enough to show us where we've made mistakes and how we might improve. There's a moment in Victoria Hannon's Kokomo. Mina, Hannon's protagonist, takes out her phone and deletes a series of messages from men who have mistreated her. With these digital gaslights extinguished, Mina returns to her best friend's text and replies, I love you too. How often have you been told to sloth off the detritus of your life? Ignore the haters and don't feed the trolls. They're not worth it. Just leave. It's advice easily given, yet so hard to enact amidst a storm of competing interests. Somehow, though, Mina does it, and Hannon makes it seem so natural. Mina's simple act of self-care speaks not just to the personal, but to the cultural. When I spoke with Victoria on Final Draft, she told me she wanted Kokomo to be a love letter to friendship. She described how friends can lift you up while also holding you accountable. These friendships are a counterpoint to the abusive relationships of men who gaslight and manipulate, a cultural phenomenon we're now coming to appreciate far too late as a manifestation of gendered power. 
books, writing, and literary culture. I repeat that refrain every week on Final Draft. You've heard me do it. I did it earlier in the show. A half hour of radio dedicated to Australian letters, to that literary culture, books, writing, and literary culture. It rolls off the tongue in an almost lyrical way. A nice tricolon with instantly recognisable components. Books and writing, the alchemical instruments of storytelling. But what of literary culture? What, what is that? What does that mean? In Kokomo, we see a simple act with broad resonance, literature engaging with contemporary culture and overlap between the stories we read and the world that they reflect. Culture is divisive, though. I mean, aren't we fighting the culture wars, marching inexorably onto the digital battlefront in some sort of Sisyphean struggle between free speech and political correctness? Could literary culture offer us a defence to the endless and often incoherent narrative of us versus them? In January 2019, Behrouz Bushani was awarded the richest literary prize in Australia, the Victorian Premier's Literary Award. Bushani's novel No Friend But The Mountains dramatically laid bare the world of offshore detention, seeking to create a new vocabulary to describe the culture of imprisonment and secrecy fostered officially through the detention system. No Friend But The Mountains' success signalled a desire to listen to the voices that had been maligned, misrepresented and silenced. It was giving voice to the voiceless. Now, speaking on Final Draft, Behrouz Bishani warned, don't follow the official language, adding, they keep us in this prison through their language. Speaking of the politicising of terms like illegal, Bushani sought to leverage the power of literary culture to create new ways of thinking in opposition to systemic oppression. Burris Bushani added, if, it was, if I was not in Manus Island and was free somewhere else, I would write a different novel. Our culture shapes the literature being created, and those works in turn shape us. Creating a different kind of novel is an opportunity that, you know, Beres Bushani, he now has. He was granted refugee status in New Zealand in June this year, perhaps signalling a shift in their literary culture. Definitely, though, a loss to ours. So is Australian literary culture an open space? If it means anything, our literary culture will need to be a space that encompasses First Nations voices. But that's not quite right, is it? Listen back to that sentence. Um... If it means anything, our literary culture will need to be a space that encompasses First Nations voices. I hear that phrase, our literary culture, welcoming First Nations voices. There is the unmistakable language of that settler colonial power just bristling beneath the surface. It's a story of a history and a culture not 250 years old, seeking to gatekeep a culture more than 60,000 years its senior. So literary culture, our literary culture, Australian literary culture, must be decolonised. Decolonisation is a term gaining currency in the popular consciousness. The term encompasses a movement, a framework, and individual calls to action seeking to directly address the legacy of settler colonial power and privilege in shaping Australian society. It's not exclusive to literature by no means, but within an Australian literary culture that is too often fetishised and othered non-white perspectives, it is a challenge to stereotypes of the beach and the bush. Wiradjuri author Tara June Winch, writing in the Griffith Review, identifies the need to break the default of our reading habits, 
to hear stories about ourselves as Australians. Winch's novel, The Yield, recently won the Miles Franklin Award, and appearing here on Vinyl Draft in 2019, Tara described her aim to focus all of Australian history into those 500 acres on the banks of the fictional Murrumbi River. Of her protagonist uh, from The Yield, August Gondwindi, a perception of her unbelonging to a place her family has belonged to forever because they have grown up with these racist attitudes. The white characters in the book structure ideas of Aboriginality based on these colonial beliefs and with no regard to the traditional owners. Against these threats, August's grandfather Albert Gondawindi tells the story of the land and his family through a dictionary of his language. In the Griffith Review, uh, a piece that Tara June Winch wrote, she identifies the settler colonial tongue of English as being a mould Indigenous stories are poured into that in turn shapes the kind of stories that can be told. So in turn, writers working and publishing bilingually or in language are breaking that mould, telling stories that have previously been denied. And think about that. Think about that for a second. If, like me, you were, you were brought up being told that Australia was a monolingual society, that we only have one tongue. Writers like Tara June Winch writing in language, this is an opportunity for you to learn another language, a language of the country that we say we are a part of but we ignore so much of. So as readers, then, we must challenge our assumptions and engage with these stories. We're not passive receivers of literary culture, but we're active in its creation through the stories we choose and how we engage with them. This is a process of listening and humility. We cannot expect that it will always be comfortable. It will involve truths about our history that contradict what we have learned. We will have to challenge ourselves to understand other tongues and ways of storytelling. We will have to hear blame and understand that we cannot just fix it away because we cannot bear the burden. Our literary culture must be robust enough to change and we as readers must be ready to change with it. Stories are not static nor are the storytellers. Can we as readers be anything less? Now, as I originally conceived this piece way back in August, it started out, it was more of a a look at how the arts and literature in particular are valued on the national stage. Um, That was a decidedly more acerbic essay in its fledgling form and ultimately changed to explore, I guess, the cultural direction that you just heard me discussing. Support of the arts and uh, of literature, it's not unimportant though, and I wanted to shout out to all the writers, publishers and readers uh, working this year as we wind down 2020. Writing at the end of September, Books and Publishing reported that Aussie book sales were actually up on 2019 figures, which I guess maybe, you know, we hear so much about the economic catastrophe of 2020, it might seem surprising. Adult fiction was up 12%, YA and educational up 7%. The lockdown seemed to have contributed with jumps in sales reported before the first national lockdown in April, showing just how important reading has been in our efforts to get through these incredible trials of this year. These gains, though, they're not equal and across the board. Um, And that's what I wanted to leave you with, because while sales might be up and we're reading more, we know that big publishers fared better than smaller imprints, that online, um, online retailers did better than stores, and smaller independent bookstores were particularly hard hit. These trends all impact our reading culture. They influence what types of stories we get to hear. 
Who gets to tell them? And even if we can find them in our local, handed to us by a bookseller that we love and trust. Here on Final Draft, I try to feature and support a broad cross de- broad cross-section of the stories Australia has to tell. So as you look to your summer reading plans, as you think about, you know, what you're going to dive into, what stories you're going to immerse yourself in, why not check out something new from a small independent publisher in Australia? And if you're not sure what you'd like, ask the bookseller at your local bookshop. Talking to more people about good books can only be a positive thing. That's it for today's great conversation. It was it was just me. It wasn't a real conversation. I am Andrew Popel. Uh, now, Great Conversations is recorded on Gadigal land of the Aura Nation and on the lands of the Darug and the Gundungurra people. The show is produced and presented by Andrew Popel. If you want to keep up with us and the latest in books, writing, and literary culture, I'm on the socials. We're on the socials. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Just look for at Final Draft 2SER. And if you subscribe in your podcast app, there's a new Great Conversation, sometimes too every week. I'm Andrew Popel. I will be back next week with more great conversations from Final Draft. Till then, happy reading. Bye now.